Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. My name is Shad. I'm joined tonight by Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? Doing good as always, Shad. I'm doing good. Oh, that's good. That's great to hear, guys. I'm glad you could be here with us, and I'm glad you all at home are listening as well. We have a lot of fun doing this, and we hope you have a lot of fun listening. We are building our social media presence out even more, like so much more. Isn't that right, Brad? That's right. Um, you can like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four corners as one word and podcast. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. We like likes and comments. Yes. Um, we're also available on another platform, aren't we, Matt? That's right. We are on a Twitter, twitter.com. I can't believe that website is free, but we're <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, we are at Podcast Four Corners. That's capital P in podcast. That's the number four in corners. Uh, at Podcast Four Corners uh, on Twitter. And we, we crave likes. We crave mentions. We crave followers. So please uh, head over there and contact us. We also have an Instagram presence. It is on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. The number four, the word corners, the word podcast, all mashed together. In any of these places, if you see a big green and silver belt, you know you're in the right spot. And if for some reason social media just doesn't just doesn't touch your heart, then you can email us as well, right, Brad? Yep, that is um pitpodcast25 at gmail.com Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. I also want to go ahead and let you all know that we are going to be beginning a partnership with Collar and Elbow. Collar and Elbow, the company that was put together by and for independent wrestlers. Support support your local indie wrestler. Collar and Elbow has great quality gear. Shirts um, is their big thing. Uh, I've got one of them. I've got the classic collar and elbow in gray heather. It is comfortable. It's soft. uh, It's really excellent, and the guys that run the place are really excellent, too. They come out with uh, new merchandise about once every three months, and at the time of recording, they've just come out with a shirt that is Live the Dream, and it's uh, gold on black with a picture of Dusty Rhodes' old boots right next to it. Um, but the last thing we have to say, the most important thing we have to say for you all to be aware is we have to get a shout out to a special someone out there. Isn't that right, Matt? That's true. We got a shout out to Epico Cologne. We would love to have a partnership with Epico, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, not yet. Uh, right now we're super excited actually about collar and elbow because, uh, I will be sharing that with uh, you, our listeners, in the near future. But, uh, Chad, I believe that discount codes are going there, to be in the future. There will be a discount code. Um, we're finishing up the paperwork right now on it, which is why I say we'll be getting the partnership soon. But, yeah, as soon as we have our discount codes, we'll be putting that in every episode and letting you all know. So, hey, um, like I said, support your local indie wrestler, and we want you, you know, we want the same thing as you. We want good wrestling, and we want people to thrive. Well, what's exciting about that is it's going to be us giving back to the listeners. That's right. <laughs> That's all we want. On to, top of to free content. 
All right. Well, we're glad you all could join us tonight. Um, this is being recorded on October 2nd, 2018. So we're going to be talking about, we're going to be having kind of a state of right now episode about things that are going on right now. <coughs> we'll have a little of this. We'll have a little of that. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to start with one of probably the best bits of heel work I have seen recently uh, on the re- on. Let me see. Yeah, on uh, Raw. I guess it was yesterday on the first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yesterday. All right. Raw was in Seattle. And Elias and Kevin Owens will be working together in the Australian show. Elias and Kevin Owens are sitting out in the ring, and they're they're doing their thing. Both guys are great. <laughs> Excuse me, are great at working the crowd and being heels. And then Elias says something to the effect of, "It just doesn't make sense." Uh, I'll admit I skipped right to this part because I wanted to see what happened. He says it doesn't make sense. It makes as much sense as having a basketball team in Seattle. For those of you that don't know, uh, the Seattle used to be home to the Seattle Supersonics basketball team. From my childhood, I remember Sean Kemp being their their big star. And, um, well, they ain't there anymore. And so the crowd, for about a solid minute, is just booing the piss out of Elias and Kevin Owens until Elias follows it up with now Oklahoma city. I understand, which is where the song is <laughs> moving. Oh my God. I, I know it's cheap heat guys, but it was so good. What do you think? Yeah. On, on Twitter, I posted on our, on, uh, on our Twitter account that, uh, Elias is a national treasure. And I meant it because that was stunning heel work. Uh, you know what I thought of? Um, if you you guys remember like mid '90s gangster rap, mm-hmm. uh, I thought of this. Ice Cube, it was a good day. Oh, okay. Only uh, it's not the Lakers beat the SuperSonics; it's Elias because he <laughs> <laughs> he murdered them and he murdered <laughs> the city of Seattle. So- that was. Elias to me is I'm such a like a I've become such a fanboy like I he doesn't even need to wrestle like he he's consistently one of the most entertaining things about Raw on any given week. See, I disagree with it being cheap heat because cheap heat is getting is go is going for low hanging fruit, but he actually did it in such a way to that cut everyone in the crowd pretty deep. Cheap heat just because it's cheap heat doesn't mean it don't hurt. But I mean, but... he, he kind of he went for I mean. I think there's other things you could do that's more topical, but he went for something I think that's a fret, you know, still kind of a sore wound. Oh yeah, yeah. He he knew exactly what he was doing. He he picked the vulnerable spot and attacked it for massive damage. So uh, yeah, you know, the story I heard is that Triple H had told Elias when he was in NXT. He said, this gimmick's not going to work here, but it's going to work on the main roster. Does it ever? Um, yeah, I think he's... I think Elias has improved a ton. Um, he... Whatever you feel about him, you have to, I feel, give it to him. Like, he understands the character. 
that he's playing and he plays it like a, to a T. Like he he has it down. I feel like they're going to hit this point where they're going to screw him up, where they're either going to try and start writing for him or he's just going to hit that ceiling of he's not Roman Reigns, so he's not going to get over the hump, which is what they killed Bray Wyatt with. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. <clears throat> okay, so um, Elias and Kevin Owens as a team are just wonderful because they are colossal douchebags and they're so good at playing colossal douchebags and i don't know if they are personally maybe not but they're so good at playing it and messing with people who knows right mm-hmm. I would, so i would say elias probably doesn't break kayfabe he might not um bray when he's done like promotional stuff has this sort of kayfabe thing going on elias might be doing the same thing okay so, big shout out to Elias for <laughs> just masterful, masterful shot right there. <clears throat> I haven't heard that kind of heel heat in a long time. But from there, moving on, we're going to go from uh, general heel heat to um, online internet wrestling community outrage. And we're going to load up and start a fresh game of Brie Bella's Knockout. <laughs> The, I'll admit I was I was a little bit pleased at myself that, that Wait, day, but, was Liv Morgan playing the role of uh, Glass Joe. I, I think so. Well, they're both blonde, and um, that's close enough for the for the metaphor, I guess. A uh, little background. Um, tell you what, one. So, it will. How long ago was this that occurred? Was it a week or was it two weeks? It was last. Um, it was last week's raw, not this raw. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So it was a it was a raw match between the Bellas and uh, the Riot Squad. It was which I forget which uh, which member of the Riot Squad it was. Was it um, was it Sarah uh, Logan and Liv Morgan or was it Ruby and, and it Liv? It was Ruby because. I think it was Ruby because she proceeded to, after she did this, she proceeded to pretty much elbow <clears throat> uh, Ruby right in the face and almost oh. injure her. Wow. Yeah, so it was a tag match, and at some point, uh, Liv Morgan is down on her knees, and then Bree starts giving her the yes kicks. And she does it a couple times, and then uh, it basically she kicks. Liv Morgan right in the face and Liv Morgan is obviously stunned by that. And then Brie proceeds to kick her again, kind of more like almost more like in the forehead area. And Liv Morgan is basically just out on her feet. She kind of just like slumps over and Brie does go for the pin, but, um, Liv Morgan still somehow kicked out. Uh, that was kind of interesting to me, but, uh, you go, yeah, I it, think it, having seen, um, with regular sports, she probably just went into autopilot mode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of that stuff, especially if you've been doing it for a long time is, uh, is, uh, kind of you know, kind of, it's kind of like when like a goalie gets KO'd and, and they miss it or a football player mm-hmm. does, and they're still playing. Okay. Even though they're concussed and don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. Kind of go on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the, 
there's a lot of outrage that's been directed at Bree uh, over this as well. And a lot of people are conflating it with the previous Raw match where um, she had a couple of suicide dives that didn't go off well. That, now there was something else she did, but I don't remember what it was. She's had she had three weeks of like really bad botches in a row. I, I'm not sure what the other one is. Then I'm, I was aware of the dives, which let's let's be fair for a second. The first suicide dive dive that she had, <clears throat> she went for it, and then her basically her lower body hit the ropes, but it looks for all the world like. What was supposed to happen is Ruby Riot was supposed to sock her as she came through the ropes. So she knew what the spot was, and she knew she wasn't supposed to just tumble to the outside. But Ruby was out of position. So she hits the ropes, and then Ruby hits her, which... <clears throat> if Ruby had waited a minute before she hit her, Bree might have been able to back up and be like, Ah, you know, you weren't in the... But, you know, it, it's really, really hard to you know hind you know to think of stuff that quickly in the moment on in cases like that the other suicide dive she did yeah um that could have gone a lot better but i don't think it's fair to criticize her on that first one no i think the first one is just a miscue <clears throat> the second one was really bad though that's one of the worst dive botches i've ever seen though other than um <clears throat> Um, oh crap, what was his name? J.T. Smith hitting the rope and busting his head open in ECW. Ooh. Where he like, have you seen it before, Shad? Once a long time ago. Okay, so if you haven't seen it uh, listening, he pretty much goes through the ropes and his foot catches on the rope and he just kind of goes down head first into the cement. Oh, God. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. That's an old one. Yeah, that's like But yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can probably find it on YouTube. Yeah. His head, his head like balloons up though. So if you're squeamish, don't watch it. Um, I'm looking the other it up th- now because I'm a bad person. <laughs> it's good to be aware of these sorts of things. Um, this is also in an era when it seems like everybody has to do a suicide dive. You know, I was so glad when Big E quit doing it because it seemed like he was trying to kill himself every time he did. I was glad when Cesaro quit doing it because Cesaro kept seeming like he was trying to kill himself too. So maybe just maybe people should there shouldn't be everybody doing a suicide dive. I know you got to start at some point and get better at it, but I mean, you know, Bree's been out of wrestling for a number of years at this point, and then they they pulled her right back in and put her directly into. A program they're devoting a lot of time to. You just watched it happen, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. You should uh, you should look it up. It's quite the uh, it's quite the botch. What do you, I'm not seeing it immediately. What's uh, what did you search? Uh, JT Smith uh, dive. Oh, dive. Okay. Yeah. And there's the Randy Orton reference. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He catches his knee on it. Actually, he just doesn't clear. Okay, that that's that's in my time. That's one thing I never did is I never did a suicide dive because frankly I didn't think I had any business doing that. <clears throat> but the other, you know, 
Bree doing the doing the uh, kicks. It's they have acknowledged her and on TV. It's kind of expected that she's going to use some of his spots. Um, oh man, I just <laughs> I was looking at it. I forgot this. It's bad. He doesn't. Yeah, he does not look well. He looks like he it just knocks him for a loop. He doesn't. He looks real bad. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, those of you listening at home, you may want to pause to go see this. Uh, cringe, perhaps vomit. Give yourself some time to recover and then come back yeah. to us, okay? And absolutely do not watch the guy breaking his leg like on the top rope from ECW, the fat guy. Oh, God, we okay. didn't need that. No. Is that, no. that's like coming up as part of it, right? I'm turning away. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not looking for that. No, don't. No, it's bad. It was on one of their DVDs. They had like a bunch of like outtakes. That's how I saw oh. the JT Smith thing in that guy. Oh, man. It's not as bad that's... as like the Sid Vicious one. Oh, Sid's is just about the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I don't understand with the yes kicks is how did you not know that you made contact on the first one and then proceeded to kick her in the face two more times? She did not make any contact on the first one. No, how did she not realize? Oh, I just blasted her in the face. Maybe I should be more careful on the next two. Well, I can hazard a couple of guesses on this. I might be wrong, too, but I can hazard a couple of guesses. Number one, um, I don't think Bree is, you know, has trained in any kind of martial arts or kickboxing stuff like uh, Daniel has. <clears throat> and so we're in this place where she is trying to use this spot without the the long-term training that comes with it all right <clears throat> also i'm pretty sure her gear includes kick pads too doesn't it yeah but you can still i think you, could still you can feel it but it it would kind of but i'm saying i think i could tell the difference between i'm I made contact with you in the chest and I blasted you right in the face. Like well, there's a okay. difference. So the first one happens to the face. Okay. Or you're throwing them and whatever happens, maybe cause it's lives basically sitting on her knees and you take one and you've got to sell it. Right. So if your timing is wrong, that means that you're, Head and your chest is not where it was previous. I'm guessing here because what I think happened uh, is she in the changed. moment. I think she, I think Bree changed the the pattern. Maybe, and then the second kick comes through. The second kick comes through and hits Liv in the face, and it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that's not what I meant to do, <laughs> and so she's trying to throw for the next one and that one's not on target either and that could be for a number of reasons that could be because you're rattled or you're trying so hard to do it right that it's not or you're just not targeted well or, or something like a, that. are you just a shitty wrestler and you shouldn't be in the ring anymore 
Look, I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt side here, right? But she here's uh, here's my thing with it. She wasn't a good wrestler before. She's even worse now, which is astounding how much worse she is. Um, she's made a lot of careless botches. The fact that she elbowed Ruby right in the face, like right after this, just if this was anyone else on the roster that wasn't a Bella that had, you know, some crappy reality show that, you know, no one that watches wrestling watches, like she would already be getting de-pushed or off of TV for this stuff. Probably. There is an aspect to it though. I mean, this is physical. Your stuff's going to happen. Um, and sometimes you just have a bad night and that happens too. Now, as you said, Brad, if there's a pattern in this sort of stuff, that's different. But I would say in a vacuum where the, the botch dive didn't happen and where she didn't also like elbow Ruby right in the face, I think she'd be taking less heat. And, and honestly, I've seen more heat about the way they handled it in the aftermath, like that they didn't get her out of the ring as quickly. Um, the the ref not stopping things then yeah but the one thing that people are wrong about is that that they were treating her at ringside and people were upset about that well you don't move someone with a head injury so so you were saying you know she took that shot and they kept her at ringside and people are pissed about that um yeah why you don't want to move someone like that too much because you don't know what that's done to them um that's kind of true, but I, I can kind of see the criticism of the ref not where the, he didn't just stop the match. I mean, I know it's like it was a multi, it was like a multi-tag match, multi-person tag match, so you could theoretically continue. But I don't know. It did look like something was off. Like she, she clearly had had her, like her wits knocked out of her at least. Yeah, it would be if the ref were to get in there. And back him off, and he's like, I'm doing a check here. I'm checking on her. Then I would be fairly certain that, because Ruby's been in the wrestling for a while. Is that right? Um, yeah. She wrestled uh, for Chikara in, like, I don't know, five or six years ago. I would be confident in the fact that if the ref had backed Bree off or whatever and wait and gone to check on Liv... Ruby probably could have just hopped in the ring and continued things to give them time to get Liv out of the ring and check on her and stuff like that. And just go straight into a finish. You know, uh, whatever the finish of the match, whatever the finish of the match is, doesn't matter anymore. Just here, here comes Ruby comes in the ring, fired up, bam, 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 bam. She's doing stuff. Bree or Nikki, like, does something to take over. And whoever wins, small package, one, two, three, and you get out of there. So you can cut to commercial and do what needs to be done. Well, but I, in the ref, not like interposing. Actually, even running the mat, keeping the match running, it still gives them cover to treat her as well. Yeah. Well, I, it can work both ways because I think Ruby is perceived as being tougher than the Bellas. So her getting in there and just cutting loose on them in order to, to provide some cover and then whoever's supposed to win, do a flash pin, and you're done. You don't have to, you know, you don't want to stand there and tell everybody. You don't want to say, like, oh, they're hurt. And it's like, you're having a wrestling match. The whole story is you're trying to hurt each other. But, no, he's hurt for real. How does that help? How does saying that to people 
accomplish anything. So instead, Ruby comes in, boom, 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 boom. She unlines, she, she gets going, and you just do a quick pin to get everybody out of there and get people taken care of. And if they're at commercial and they've got to bring the stretcher out to get Liv um, to the back and check her out and stuff like that, then you just you throw it to ringside and you let Michael Cole ramble for a little bit. I know we can do it. He's done it before. You know the the this isn't involved. This doesn't involve the injury, but the Bellas being involved in the women's division again really just tears the whole thing down and devalues it immediately. I'm not going to say it tears the entire thing down, but they're not they're not good. I don't. Sorry if you're, if anyone out there is a Bellas fan. I, I don't feel like they've ever been good. Nikki's okay, but she Nikki was Nikki is okay and she'd be okay in like the old division, but with the the general quality being higher, she sticks out mm-hmm. like a sore thumb. Yeah. Uh well, yeah, I agree. They they're they're not very good and and they're kind of immediately being positioned out basically outside of Ronda. Um they're being immediately kind of pushed into a top spot and i think part of that is because i think is the concept that they're gonna is the bellas or at least one of them is gonna feud with with ronda or the main event of the evolution pay-per-view is supposed to be ronda rousey versus nikki bella which i don't know how they're gonna i don't know how they're gonna work that because ronda is is good but she's still you know new they're gonna really have to lay a booking out for that match like incredibly tight yeah for that to be any decent i think they'll i think they'll pull it off i just think it's not a good idea i just think it's a joke that that's the main event of your women's only pay-per-view yeah but there was a lot of uh there was a lot of criticism levy towards brie after this um some what was uh what was described as cyberbullying, which i mean i guess I, to me, it always is kind of weird because it's like if there's a lot of people complaining about something on, I don't know, like Twitter or something and you're a celebrity, it's like, well, why do you care? I mean, that's kind of how I see it. I don't feel like the I don't think like the heat she was taking is different from any other time, like an athlete, you know, injures another athlete by being stupid or with a bad hit or play yeah there's still a uh, this is the internet and the internet um jerkwad theory is in full effect of you know people are going to be going way way over the top in in saying stuff and so there's a certain amount of like you can take a certain amount of that up to a point but I can see I can see why people are upset though because she isn't a good wrestler. They've suddenly interjected her back in and she's really bad and she does these embarrassing botches over and over again and then she injures someone in the process. Like there's a point there's a point I think where someone in good faith can just be like, "Look, this is enough." Like what how many people does she have to do? You know, how many times does this have to happen on live TV? for you know you to do something about it especially after she just concussed someone in the process true and she did legitimately concuss Liv Morgan yeah for those who aren't aware yeah and having 
been concussed in the ring, it's a weird space to be in. Because you're like, I'm out here and I'm doing the... For me, it's a feeling of like my head was like packed cotton. So I could only other and not as quickly as I would have liked. So it's that's not where you want that to happen. And yet, or does it usually happen? Um, and and you you can be so out of it that you don't even realize how uh, bad that could be. Like you don't you don't realize what a bad position that could put you in. Um, so the uh, I also think Brie does does have a place. She could be. If she was in the regular Maurice role as a manager for her husband, that would be great. I don't think she even she even brings to the table what Maurice brings. I would pretty may, much agree. She may not, but then Maurice has been doing that role for the last number of years very well too. So there's a, there's an amount of rust that's part of that too. And she's Bree's not a good face. Like her and Nikki only know how to do bitchy and catty. Like, that doesn't really work for a face manager. If most of your time is being spent working in the time when the women's division was, is this person catty or is this person a bitch or is this person a catty bitch? Then that'll affect your development. I feel like, I feel like there's, I don't know, I don't know what Total Bella, is it Total Bellas? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know how they come across on that show, but there's a certain, I don't know, they're kind of unlikable on the wrestling shows. Or at least she is. I don't... And Nikki's kind of unlikable, too. She hasn't come off as unlikable to me when she's doing stuff with her husband, but I'll be fair, I haven't paid that much attention to them. I don't know. There was that stupid thing at SummerSlam, though, where... um, she was at ringside for Ronda's match, but somehow she couldn't be at ringside for her husband's big match against uh, the Miz. Against the Miz, yeah, I don't know what that. That was just that was some really stupid booking. Yeah, it's just... that was that was really bad booking. So anyway, um, and I also don't. I, yeah. This is me personally. Um, I really don't want to water Daniel Bryan down with like a manager. That's true. That's a fair point. I, I was saying that more in the idea that there's stuff she could do, but he doesn't need one. No. I mean, he's the he's the guy. He's pretty much got the whole package. So I don't know. It's 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 a tough place to be in. Um, if especially if she's just coming along to help prop her sister up for a match against Ronda. At Evolution, incidentally, I looked up. Ronda is five foot seven. Nikki is billed at five foot six, so Nikki's not even like doesn't even have like the size to be a bigger threat to Ronda. So I'm not sure how the the build of this is going to work. But no idea. No idea at all. So anyway, that has been uh, Brie Bella's knockout. And we're going to move on to the next episode of the May Young Classic. 
Can I actually throw something in there before we move on to that? Sure. Uh, just, I guess it happened maybe last night. Um, but Brad, you might be interested in this. Um, I guess uh, Neville, the formerly known as Neville, um, now back to being known as Pac, uh, it just made a surprise debut at Dragon Gate. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, hopefully he can have some good matches uh, both in Japan and I presume he'll be making his way to doing uh, independence on uh, U.S. Uh, side. So maybe we'll see him back in uh, PWG and places like Ring of Honor. I would expect to see him in PWG and Impact before Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, it, it's good to see him back out there. World's kind of been on too long without him being able to to get out there and perform. Before we hit the by main, the way, before what hit, is oh, his ahead. name? Pac. Is that an acronym I'm not aware of? Or it's been so is, long since he's been named that I don't even remember. All right, fair enough. What were I you going to say? Go ahead, guys. Uh, I don't. Remember. I'll shut up. I'll shut up for a minute. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to mention that uh, Joey Jadella was announced um, over the weekend that he's going to miss a year because of his knee injury. Yeah, he uh, he injured his knee pretty badly. I uh, guess PCL, uh, MCL. I think I read. Wow. Yeah, he had multiple ligament tears. I guess, and that will put you on the on the sidelines for at least a year. Yeah. Which unfortunately is the case. So he had had uh, MRIs done. Um, MRIs can only tell you so much, but they are pretty good about telling you like the extent of like soft tissue damage. And I think I guess that's apparently what it showed. He suffered multiple tears. He's going to have surgery. I think he said in his update uh, next week. So unfortunate because I actually think the guy's uh, really improved a lot. He's really intriguing. He's he's G and I I don't care much for him in the ring. But his, his career is really like kind of blowing up. Hmm? I was gonna say I don't care Go much ahead. for him in the ring, but um, his book shows are amazing. They are pretty good. Because I think I think during WrestleMania weekend that um, his spring break was the highlight of the whole weekend. Yeah, I know quite a few people who went to that, and I wanted to, but it, it was it aired it started. I think the bell time was like at, at midnight, and I don't I, I heard from people that it didn't end until like after three a.m. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't want to be a zombie um, the next day. My my wife watched it with me because I bought it. I think I bought it like the day after it happened, and it was and. She she likes she'll watch wrestling with me, but she's not like a fan. And it was over. And she's like, "Do they do this all the time?" I'm like, no, it's a once a year thing. And she was legitimately disappointed by it mm. because, um, Shad, if you haven't seen it, so pretty much they do they do a bunch of weird matches. Um, the great Sasuke versus Joey Janela was the main event that had the okay. infamous Walter PCO match. But what's great mm-hmm. about it is the announcers just get drunk as fuck during the whole show <laughs> like by the end of it by the end of it they had to send a third announcer out because they were so wasted wow wow and it's just hilarious because you're just listening to this guy and they're just getting trashed and then like a drunk virgil comes out and um says like two words and goes to the back and they do this like crazy battle royal that the invisible man wins like it was just great 
it's it's worth it if you haven't seen it like i recommend uh checking it out did you see any of the uh the previews leading up to that like the 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 previews of matches that he would throw out there like on youtube or something to hype uh the show before it aired i think i saw a couple of them yeah they were amazing because they were kind of done um in old like uh 80s nintendo video game style oh yeah those were good yeah, they were. He he actually threw some real good uh, production values into it. it was, again, like I, I'm, I actually am sad to see the guy, you know, lose a year. But he does have a lot of talent. Um, so I imagine one way or the other, if he can, he'll probably book a show for Mania Weekend in, in 2019. Because why not? Like he, he, it was really successful last time. So I would be sad. I'd love to see it again. Break. Yeah, it, it, I want to see it. And I mean, New York, I, I feel like he would absolutely want to pull something together. So hopefully he will. And I maybe this time I'll be enticed to go uh, <laughs> and stay up until 3 a.m. watching it. I think I think that they've already announced that Joey Ryan's going to have some show um, on Friday night for Mania Weekend, which might be like the a really heavily promoted show. Cause I think it's the bell times like 8 p.m. So it's not like a fringe show per se yeah so may young classic so we this, may young classic this uh this was the end of the first round um before we get into the actual matches i thought this was the best of the four episodes so far by a lot what all did we have on this episode? i agree this was probably my favorite episode uh of the four shows we've had thus far yeah so shad we had rachel evers versus hiroyo mass Matsumoto, um, Jesse Alaban versus Tanara Conti, Nicole Matthews versus Isladon, or what? Yeah, it was Isladon. And then Io Shirai versus um, Zia Brookside. All right. So tell me, guys, do you want to go chronologically or do you want to say match of the night and work on? Uh, the match of the night is the first match so yeah they it started off strong yeah okay and brad what is your shad uh i know you said you had not you haven't seen this episode yet i haven't gotten um, a chance to no yeah so i know brad and i watched it brad what did you think of how would you rank this match with any of the other tournament matches because i'm actually going to lay right there on the floor right there i'm going to say this is probably my favorite of all the tournament matches thus far including probably the other matches on this show i think i was like blown away by this match in in the respect of i thought it was the best that they've put forward of all the matches for the uh, at least the first round of the tournament i would agree with that because the fascinating thing about this match was um matsumoto came out and got absolutely nothing from the crowd and like the first three minutes of this match is just her forcing them to react to her Mm -hmm. and um it was hard hitting. I thought they did a uh, well. So previous to this, Hiroyo Matsumoto is probably one of my favorite Joshi wrestlers. So I already mm. knew who she was. But as far as like coming out parties, like this was, they made she looked like an absolute star in this. I thought she did. I have actually. I must profess, I've never seen a Matsumoto match, but this really kind of sold me on her. She's actually, it was such a good match. She's actually really easy to find, uh, Joshi-wise, because she's a freelancer, so she does pretty much everything. Mm, that's good to know. To work. Um, 
I actually thought the video introduction to her was really good. Oh, where she's calling herself Lady Godzilla? Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't come out with her. She usually has like a Godzilla head on her. Her. Uh, her uh, hand. Oh, well, I guess she decided not to, but uh, she didn't need it because she was able to get over just. And work rate. But was I was going to say, maybe she. And that old dragon dragon head. <laughs> it, it was a good match. <laughs> Wait, Ricky the Dragon scene mode? <laughs> Like they, I'm sure they have it. The WWE probably has it somewhere in storage. They can pull it out for. You can spit. It'd be better than getting the gobbledygooker head out. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's enough sidetracking. Go ahead. But um, I thought they hit pretty hard in this. It would the, the execution was super crisp. Yeah, this was probably as close as you're going to get to like an actual Josie match, um, um, in a WWE ring. Evers looked really I, good. Like she looked like she was more than holding up her end of the the match. I thought Evers looked way better than most of the WWE, at least like NXT level wrestlers. Yeah. And she's not in NXT, right? I don't think she might have signed a deal. Uh, she may have. Maybe she has. But I, she, I thought, was like very, very good. A lot better than some of the other NXT talent they've been pushing in this tournament. Um, yeah. So, so I thought this match just was like on a much higher level than what we've seen otherwise in the tournament. Not to, you know, disparage some of the other matches, although we have said that some of those matches were kind of a painful excursion to to watch. This was not. This was, like, great. I I thought, I love the sprint at the end. Oh, that, it got crazy when they just started bombing each other at the end. Yeah, they just started throwing bombs at each other, and I really love the fact that, um, then Matsumoto won with like a backdrop driver, which I think Michael Cole called like a power bomb or something. I don't know. He, he used some dumb name for what actually happened, but uh, I thought it was great. And I was kind of again, I was I was like totally enraptured where they were just like throwing everything at each other. And it just makes me want to see Tony Storm versus Matsumoto next round. Yeah, and they are hyping that up. So obviously that's something that they predicted was going to be a good match. So I'm sure it will be. So I will say the one thing I did not like the commentary in this match, they were going, there's a little too much ooing and eyeing at stuff. Yeah, I actually, I haven't really cared for the commentary at all. on any of the, the four episodes, I, I like when it's just Michael Cole and Renee young talking, but Beth Phoenix is not very good and she sounds too much like Renee young. So, she does right. I, I've I think I've actually seen this criticism levied um, elsewhere. Like so, it's not just me. It's it's people are actually catching that because they sound almost alike to me. It, it's distracting trying to figure out who's actually saying what. And I don't like a three man booth because one person it only works if you have someone like Mike Tanay that um, is there for expertise. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because- I always thought that the. Uh, Shivani, Tanay, um, Heenan was a good combo. Because we have three. There's someone that is an. There's someone that has to kind of like make up the difference between the color and the play-by-play, and they kind of just either talk too much or they don't talk enough to justify their existence. Or you end up with coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not what you would want to. Have happen. That'd be bad. 
But they gave this match time, too. It was almost 10 minutes. And I would say it was probably, if I was throwing out stars, which we don't do on this a lot, it was probably three-ish. Easily. For this match? Yeah. I might actually rate a little higher if we were. But yeah, it, it was it was a very good match. And I would probably place it like year to date with the, the women's women's division in the WWE that I've seen. It would probably be in the top 15 matches. I mean, that's not saying much because it's been a bad year for women's wrestling, but. I would agree. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. I, um, I. It's really good. And it's the first. Yeah. Match. Yeah, um, so it, it kind of went downhill from there, but not really by much. I actually didn't. I pretty much every match in this, I, there were things that I kind of liked about it. I will say I didn't like the next match very much. It's, what was the next match on the card? This then? would be uh, Tanara Conti versus Jesse Alaban. Now the actual work was okay, but I just hated Alaban with a burning hot passion, and I was hoping Conti would kick her head into like the fourth row of the crowd. <sighs> So I haven't seen her. I guess she is signed to NXT. Um, I I wrote down in my notes, like, who is this low-rent Bailey? Because that's kind of what they were going with I, here. I, I wrote down, quirky girl is quirky. <laughs> it's, oh, I, I like, read about her. She's doing the Twitch streamer gimmick, isn't she? Is that what is it that is? Is that what? Yeah, is that that's, what this that's is? That's kind of the the impression that I got is that's going that real like meta and, and it, yeah, it is. And it's kind of, the problem is that it's not like, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is she comes out and there's some kind of happy music and she's wearing like black room glasses. And that's white, really about it. White, is that white room glasses? White. Oh, Oh, Okay, I see we're we're going with the uh It's I don't We're going remember. with the counterculture movement. And she does this weird like she puts her hand like she does that like bent hand on her chin thing. Bent how? It's like she's doing that like model pose like Or I don't know. I I can picture it. Okay, I I'd, I'd have to go look it up, but I I can I can like, I can picture it in my mind plain as day, but I can't put it into words because for some reason I just can't. Okay, but well, I think, fair enough. I think last, I think, <laughs> I think, um, last week we had talked about Priscilla Kelly and how she was a tryhard. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was a tryhard in trying to be wacky and zany and memorable. And it was bad. Yeah. It, it, it I guess maybe... I, I actually like your way of putting it. Quirky girl is quirky. Like she was trying, she's trying real hard. She's doing a lot to try, try to be the quirky, weird, like nerdy girl. Yeah. But it, yeah. You know what? Um, you know what it was like. I, it was like she binged watched New Girl three days going into this match and thought that would be a great gimmick and didn't think it through very well. That's actually a pretty good comparison. She's very, very New Girlish. Uh, looking her up, she's apparently was like was or is a fitness model that I guess they've signed. She's like um, she's like really old too for like how long she's been doing it. Has she been doing it long? No, she seems she's like only, she's but she's only been doing it for a couple years, but she's like twenty nine. That's not really old. <laughs> but, I mean, for a wrestler, no, it's but old. the I'm, problem is that well, I'll say. Well, I mean, you, you guys had, go ahead. 
you had people like Mercedes Martinez, who's like 38 or something. Yeah, but I mean, she, but I mean, but I mean, you're talking like she's 29. She's going to start declining physically in two or three years by the time she's actually learning how to do it. Like, that's really old to uh, to start. And if you're I'm not, a little it, I'm a little concerned if she's been doing this like two years because she wasn't great. I mean, I she's not the worst I've ever seen. She's not a Zeuxis or whatever, whatever from like last episode or episode two. But I didn't think she was great. No, she wasn't. I and it was hard to tell if Conti's good because Aliban was such a load. I think there there might be promise. And actually, looking at her, like she she has a very pretty face, and she they're really stu- they really hyped up the whole um, judo background or martial arts background. Like she's unique enough that they could probably do something with her. One thing that she did do, um, I thought she showed some good like heel uh, glimpses at times. And one of the things that she did that I really like, uh, it made me like it warmed my heart because I flash back to an old WCW thing when she was like splitting or bending um, Jesse Alaban's fingers when she was working over the arm. Like I love that. Like that was amazing. That's such a, like a great heel move that not enough people do. I mean, I guess maybe you could consider like Marty Skrull with his like kind of overused finger breaking does it but i i remember like it, it flashed me back to like 1993 when it was a uh, it was St- uh, ricky steamboat versus paul orndorff on like some on one of the wcw pay-per-views and this is back when jesse vachor was still doing commentary and steamboat like all of a sudden starts like twisting paul orndorff's fingers into like pretzels and jesse goes ballistic on like Tony Schiavone as at uh, how Ricky Steamboat is just doing a blatantly illegal move, and it was great. He's splitting the finger, Schiavone. That's great, Matt. I just want to take a moment to say that I enjoy it so much whenever you do a Jesse Ventura impression. Jesse, the mind Ventura. You've got that. There's just a little thing in the accent that you've got a, got a good handle on. <laughs> Uh, but oh, what's the next match on the card there, guys? Well, I want to say I do feel bad for Conti, though, because she had this load for round one. And in round two, she has to wrestle Lacey Lane, who was not impressive in round one. So, she, yeah, that's true. She kind of she kind of got a poor draw here. So up next, we had Nicole Matthews versus uh, Isla Dawn. Nicole Matthews, a, a pit podcast. Um, favorite, a four corners favorite. You heard it here first. So to give you an idea of why that is, um, we posted on a message board way back in the day, and Nicole Matthews was also a poster on said message board in her pre wrestling days. True. So we kind of got to. We're kind of outing her. her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got we got to watch the rise of her career. So. Yeah. This was, yeah, that was basically pre her actually, for the most part, I think, becoming a wrestler. Um, but yeah, we we were like, we, we were very knowledgeable about her and we've kind of followed her career as it's taken off. And here she was uh, wrestling in a WWE ring. Yep. And um, this was actually a pretty good match. Um, I've seen her work 
quite a few matches. Uh, her match with Tony Storm from WrestleMania weekend was pretty good. I thought this was a pretty good match. I thought they meshed pretty well um, in the ring. Yeah, I liked this match a lot. I loved... First off, I love the pre-video packages. Um, obviously, we're partial to Nicole Matthews, but I instantly adored her when in her uh, her whole little um, pre uh, pre match interview was like, "Yeah, I sh- I take shortcuts. Yeah, I cheat. Whatever." <laughs> and like, I like that. I like that she's kind of just. I like that she was willing to. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I was. Um, I, I I like that she was willing to. He yeah. says, "I'll do what I have to." I like that. She, I, I said I like to. I was gonna say I like that she was willing to actually put forth a character compared to a lot of these yeah. other people that were just like, "Hi, I'm I'm Mandy, and I like sunshine, and I'm happy to be here." Yeah. Oh, it's such an honor. Yeah. Um, Isla Dawn was her whole thing was weird. First off, I did. I did get a kick out of them using subtitles for Isla Dawn because, as everyone knows, anyone who's ever like looked at Scottish Twitter <laughs> knows you you cannot like Scottish people are almost like unintelligible, so they use subtitles for everything she was saying. Um, I didn't get her whole like she's a I'm a witch gimmick, and they kept like re- constantly referring referencing it in the commentary. Yeah, they I didn't get it either. I mean, I guess she's trying to stand out, but it was. Uh, and she. It wasn't ahead. a good gimmick to try and get over in the course of a match. Yeah, but uh, is she one of the ones who who signed to the New York, uh, New York to the to the UK NXT? She does not have a Wikipedia page, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, I agree with you. I thought the match was good. I thought it was unfortunate because like the crowd was kind of dead for much of the match. Um. But I actually really liked Matthews in this. I thought she played uh, kind of like a really like just dickish vet, um, kind of like manhandling Isla Dawn at certain points. She, um, she, comparatively to, I would say seventy five percent of the field in this tournament, Nicole actually looked like she belonged there. Yeah, yeah. I would actually love. I mean, look, there, there's rumors about what uh, NXT Women's um, Championship. I, I'm sure they're probably gonna like put on the Iconics, but I would love to see someone like Nicole Matthews in the WWE paired with someone who's kind of comparable to her, and just have them be like, just you know, just like mean, like hard vets who are just steamrolling people. Well, the idea of yeah, I'll take shortcuts if that's what it takes to win because mm-hmm. that's what matters. That's a very Arn Anderson kind of feeling. And if you've listened to us for any period of time, you know how much we're fans of Arn Anderson. Oh, yeah. So to see that kind of attitude come back up is not only refreshing, but, you know, it would it would be a great thing that nobody else is doing. I think her and uh, Mia Yim would actually work well together. Yeah, I well, love that the um, I love that Nicole won with a lion tamer. Yeah, that was good. And they called it that. It was a nasty looking lion tamer too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So then we get to our final match of the night, which is, uh, oh, and Nicole is taking on Tegan Knox in the next round. That's, that'll probably be a good match. I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on Tegan Knox, Tegan Knox, but, um, I think Nicole would be the one to, to pull a good match out of her. Yeah. So then our final match of the night is Io Shirai versus, uh, Zia Brookside. Uh, Zia is, um, she's the daughter. Was she the granddaughter of, of Robbie Brookside? Yeah. She's like, she's the adopt. She's the adopted daughter of oh, okay. um, Robbie Brookside. It's not his uh, biological child, but, um, Shikara I guess he has legend, Robbie Brookside, uh, Robbie Brookside long time, way, 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 way back in the, in the day, in like 1980s world of sport, uh, former tag team partner for William Regal. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. And I've seen him have good matches with like uh, with Mark Rollerball Rocco, who also was Black Tiger in New Japan, and Marty Jones. Marty Jones. Yeah, there's a lot of those World of Sport guys that are just amazing that get no um, get no love. Yeah, I don't think enough people in the United States really kind of are aware of them. Like they, they haven't seen their work. And I guess, I mean, some of the world of sports stuff, is, it takes a little getting used to it's cause it's more technical and they don't really bump. You know, no. And they, they're using like the point system type thing too, which can be kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were some really like inc- incredibly talented people. Um, Johnny Sane. from, Oh yeah. Like tremendously talented people <laughs> from that era. <laughs> Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I kind of had a soft spot for Big Daddy, even though he is one of the worst wrestlers of all time. Oh, he is. He is by far one of the worst. I couldn't imagine like the thousands of Big Daddy versus Haystacks Calhoun matches. Calhoun matches. Uh, you're doing it for like the, uh, I guess, the novelty. Well, uh, I have. I have to ask a quick question. Sure. Um, on a scale. On the scale of, I'm going to say, a broomstick to Evod Sullivan, where would you say that he falls I would in watch, the bad wrestler? I would watch a thousand Evad Sullivan matches before I'd watch a Big Daddy match. Yeah, you're. Whoa. Yeah, Evad Sullivan. You're 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 basically making Evad <laughs> Sullivan look like a, a and a Big Daddy. Like he's. His his matches constitute of him like running. Oh into, man! His matches are pretty much him running into people until they fall out of the ring. Yeah. But uh, Robbie Brookside, good wrestler, and this is his. This was his daughter against Io Shirai. Yeah. Now uh, Zia did not show much in this because Io pretty much beat her to within an inch of her life with a smile on her face the whole time. She did, but I, I, what you did see of Zia, I actually thought was good, um, at least better than you know someone like Jesse Elaban. Um, I think she has promise. I think is she she has to be one of the ones in the uh, NXT UK, right? I would imagine she's only nineteen. She's, they might make her work a couple more years. Um, yeah, she yeah. is signed to NXT UK. Mm, okay, yeah, I actually think she has promise. Like you just didn't see much of it here because it was a quick match and it was more to to showcase uh, Shirai, which she did two things that I thought were pretty awesome. I love like the 
the spin she did into the crossface. Did you catch that? Yeah. That was really cool. She kind of like she basically put um, Zia into like a, a crippler crippler crossface, but she kind of like did a, a spin thing and drove her into the mat as she did it, which was impressive. And then the moonsault she did looked brutal because she basically hit her. She hit Zia like straight with her knees. Yeah. Um, but good match. I think I think it speaks for quick as quick as it was. Go I think ahead. it speaks to Zia though that she could keep up with her. Yeah, it's true. Which I guess you know she should, given that her dad was actually like a really good, a pretty good wrestler back in the day. And I thought they did a good job here. Of um, Io is the best, probably has been the best female wrestler in the world the last I don't know four-ish years, and mm-hmm. they did a good job of communicating that and communicating that she is a big deal. Yeah, and I, I like, mean they flat out. They, Sorry to cut you off. Oh. They were like flat out saying like, "Oh yeah, we like she was recruited to sign for the the WWE." And I like that she um she touched back to her dealings with Kirari Kirari Sane before WWE. Like I thought mm-hmm. that was nice. Yeah, because uh, could immediately set up a a match down the road. Now the crap, smart. The crappy thing here though is she has to face Zuxix next. Um, next round yeah yeah so i thought i thought definitely this was the the best show by a lot as far as the first round total i give it a thumbs in the middle because there are if you're gonna watch it i would just pick and choose like the couple of good matches mainly if there is a joshi worker in it watch that and then you probably skip about everything else except the tony storm match and the Nicole Matthews match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would suggest that everyone who's listened to our rundown of the May Young Classic uh, round one, just take our advice as to what matches to, to watch. Yeah. And you can, the rest is kind of, is pretty skippable. Because there's a, there's a wide gulf in talent here because the Joshi workers and Tony Storm and even Nicole Matthews to a degree are just so far ahead of a lot of, well, pretty much everyone else in this. Like, there are some people that look like they barely belong in a wrestling ring next to world-class wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's The uh, the kind of disparity between talent is pretty obvious at points. <clears throat> All right. So, there's our recommendations. Enjoy the May Young Classic, and, uh, yeah, take our word for it. I think the last big topic we were going to hit tonight is talking about the upcoming Australia show, the uh, which I believe is the WWE Super Showdown. Now, this is notable for a few reasons. One, uh, they don't get down to Australia very often. So it'll be interesting to see how the Australian crowd reacts. Is it going to be just a crazy hot crowd or are we going to be looking at bizarro land or are they going to be kind of like most other places we don't know uh the card is set that's actually coming up this weekend so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to kind of work us through the card as we go and uh i'm sure we're going to get looking at some of these we're gonna we're gonna get off on some tangents um if these are 
if these uh, matches are in the number which they're happening from the list I have in front of me, then we'll be looking at a pretty hot opener of um, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This match is kind of surrounded by the whole cloud of them not really realizing how over Becky was. Think that's fair? They're still kind of in that mode. <laughs> yeah, I still don't like that they're pushing her as a heel. It's it doesn't it just doesn't fit, you know, because if if you want to push someone as a heel, they need to have a reason for being a heel that people don't like, like the idea of I think one of Brad's favorite examples is right after the last um, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat match in the, the classic three match series in the late 80s and Terry Funk goes to Flair he's like oh, you know Rick could I have a shot at it and Rick's like well you ain't earned it and then Terry flips his gourd why he flips out and goes crazy on Rick why because Rick very reasonably said there are other people who would be ahead of you and you haven't done anything to earn it basically Rick says no with a good reason so Terry loses it Becky flipping on Charlotte though had every reason in the world for happening and everybody could agree with it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like that's uh, that's how I, I, I basically saw it. Like I, I still don't I don't view her in any way as the heel. Like she had she had earned her uh, her title shot. Uh, Charlotte had weaseled effectively her, her way in. Um, stole the pin and the title from Carmella, and then there you go. Like he, it leads up to the Becky Charlotte match for the title, where Becky wins. But I, I still don't feel like they understand like where people's mindset is with Becky. That they they, she's kind of like the underdog, but not. It's also like people are just into her because she's very talented, and they're committed to her that way. Mm-hmm. So they're not grasping and I don't know I'm, I'm not I'm really unclear why they're trying to shoehorn her into like a heel role um I, I don't know like I, I still feel like they I don't know what, why why I, I don't know I really don't know I don't know if they want to just try and keep Charlotte face but I think you can still kind of do both at the same time but who knows the so, problem that we're yeah go, go ahead. ahead I'm sorry the, oh, no, the I'm problem done. that we're running into is that Becky has been so crazy over for such a long time without even having much in the way of TV time that people are thrilled to see it. And then when you give them this story, she's too sympathetic to be a heel. People don't want to boo her. And then you're like, oh, look, she turned heel. And people are like, no, no, that was a reasonable response. And so, you know, what do you do? Well, apparently, if you're if you're the backstage management for a while, then what ends up happening is that you um, you just kind of tell everybody's like, "Oh no, you just don't get it," and then the crowds respond with, "No, you don't get it." And finally, they admitted that they were going to quit booking this as a face heel thing and as a two people with grievances thing. Except Charlotte doesn't really have a grievance; they've yeah. got their heel face dynamic screwed up in this. So. Anyway, we I, I'm, I know we've beaten that topic to death. 
in the past. So I'm going to bring up the next match well, if you're. I th- I think Becky will probably win this to continue things. I would hope. You think so? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess they could have Charlotte win in like a some sort of like a DQ or schmaz or something, but I don't think it's smart to take the title back off Becky. It's so I'd not. Imagine they'll figure out a, a finish in some way to kind of keep things the ball rolling. Well, it's not smart to take the title off of her, but I'm betting yeah. that they will. Maybe I'm just too cynical, but when as soon as Becky won at the last pay per view, I thought, okay, they're setting her up. They're setting up for a rematch for her to lose then. I'm betting that's going to be the case. And so that's going to be my cynical prediction on it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate being that way, but unfortunately. I think they'll save the title change for Evolution. Think they'll push it that far? I think so. Okay. Because I think I know which what their token title change on this show is going to be. Okay. Well, the next match on the card, at least what I have in front of me, is the Iconics versus Asuka and Naomi. This kind of seems rather thrown together. Um, well, they're uh, they're Australian, I think. Oh, are they? Okay. So this is this is at a least way of one of them. them. They're both Australian. Okay. So it gets them on the card. In their home country, because you can't have, you don't go to this country very often. You can't not have people from there on the card. No, but I'm going to die a little bit if they pin Asuka. Yeah, well, if they pin Naomi, that's that's fine. Naomi's still a better worker than either of them. That's also true. You know, God, they have really lost Oscar's aura, haven't they? I have to give Naomi credit. She's not the best, but she's really um she really has worked her butt off to be you know, to hold her own in these matches. It seems to me that she's got um she's got presence that some others don't. And so she's found a way to she's found a way to, you know, kind of stand out. Yeah. Even even more than more than her very admittedly cool um, entrance and stuff, but it's a uh, and I'm also glad I don't even, I know a while back I was really aggravated by whatever her finish was, and then she started using the split. as a uh, as a finisher, but which she uses her finisher. Anything else to. I think she uses a split-legged moonsault now. Oh, okay. I don't remember what it used to be. I wasn't real tickled with it, whatever it was, but <laughs> I was just, I remember being relieved when they changed it. So, uh, next on the card is the New Day versus The Bar for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, yeah, what, can, what more can we say? I know it's been. It's been done before, but it's always been good. Yeah, it's been done before, but these two teams have good chemistry, so um, at least it'll be a good match. Yeah, I expect this to open the show. I could see that easily, yeah. Open the show or not, I think it'll be it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, these guys are way too 
all these guys are way too into putting on a good show as opposed to, you know, phoning it in. So, but, you know, we talked that one to death, too. It's kind of hard to... <laughs> kind of hard to add much new to it right yeah what do you guys think are they going to pull the trigger on a title switch here or not no mm, yeah I don't think so fair enough next one is 205 live special Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy for the cruiserweight title so this this will probably be good I really wish they would take the title off of Cedric because he is a crushing bore but I don't think they're going to put it on Buddy Murphy, even though I probably would, because he's actually interesting. Yeah, this is going to be a, a technically very good match, and no one's going to care because no one ever does with these cruiserweight matches, even though they are, they usually the, the quality of the work is actually pretty good. They do with some of the matches, but there's just something about Cedric that's just dull. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, I don't dislike him. I, um, I like he's his, talented. I like his work, but he just does not. I don't know. He doesn't have that um, that hook. Yeah, it seems kind of odd that we go. You know, if you compare it to the oh lord, twenty years ago with how the WCW cruiserweights were able to get over, even though they weren't quote in the same class as the heavyweights. You know, they were still crazy over. And we're going to be in a place where you have you have smaller guys doing really cool stuff, and yet not being quite as over. It's it it's an odd dichotomy to to reflect on. Well, the problem is they 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 put two hundred five live in a stupid spot. It's after it's after SmackDown, so the crowd's always dead. No one actually watches it because who wants to watch a show after two hours of SmackDown at ten o'clock on a Tuesday? And they said it actually got a ton more views when they paired it up with NXT and the Mae Young because why wouldn't you put it in like a variety show slot with the other stuff? It's just it's stupidly <laughs> positioned. Yeah, and and well, well, there we go. Anything more on this one? No, it'll be good, but Not it's really. gonna it's gonna be ten minutes and. Cedric's going to win. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the next one. No count out, no disqualification for the WWE title, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Oh, man. So I expect this to be their token title change. You think they're finally going to do it here? I think so, because I think they're going to, what I think they're going to do, when does, when is the Saudi show? That's not until I think, early November. So I'm thinking what they're going to do is they're going to give it to Joe here and then Styles is going to win it back for the Saudi show. Uh, really? Yes, because then you get your two, you get Saudi Arabia gets their title change and you give, uh, you give, you give the, you give the, the, the country that you don't come to very often, something special. Well, they're, they're also doing that. Um, world cup tournament i don't i don't know if the, like the entire tournament's going to be the show but i i would hope that that's like enough of a kick because i would hate to put the title on joe and then like literally like a month later or a month and a half just take it right back off him 
Yeah. I, and I think they and, also, I think they want people to think these, uh, these weirdo Friday shows actually matter. So I could see them putting a back to back title change on the belt. They don't give a crap about. That's unfortunate. Cause that's the one that's held by people that are putting on the real quality stuff well, too. That's the belt that fans actually care about too, because it's the real belt. The thing that in the, at least in terms of the story that I'm seeing in this is that Samoa Joe has first of all been getting progressively closer to beating AJ and then getting more and more into AJ's head. It seems to me that this is the time when you can just push it right over the edge and have Joe take it. And look, don't get me wrong. AJ Styles has been one of my favorite wrestlers in the world for a decade now or more. But then again, so is Joe. AJ has been on SmackDown. It's it's about time. Let's you know switch it up and do some fresh stuff. There's a match that's further on up the card that leads me to believe that this will be the case even more. But I'll wait until we get to it. I think this is a match. I could see the title switching. I think it'll most likely, as it has been, uh, be the best match on the card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah, because they're just... These guys had... I think these guys with Christopher Daniels had the best match that was in the TNA era of Impact. And the second half of it was all on the fly. So I have complete faith that they're, and given what they've already shown us in the past, I have complete faith it's going to be great. Yeah, this is a match that, if nothing else, I'll I'll scope this match out and watch the pay per view. All right. So next match on the card is going to come loaded <laughs> with with stuff we talked about earlier because it's going to be the Riot Squad versus Ronda Rousey and the Bellas. Well, I'm imagining Liv. Morgan's not going to be not going to be cleared. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. They'll, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they'll have a. It'll be a handicap or. And well, even if she was cleared, I don't think a doctor wants her to fly twenty-one hours. Yeah, probably not. Were I booking, then I would probably remove Bree and live from it, and then have it be Ronda and Nikki versus Ruby and Logan. But I'm not looking. Yeah, they're probably going to have the Bellas turn on Ronda here, is what I'm guessing. That was my bet. That's my bet, too, is we'll see that happen. And then in the course of it, we might have Ronda put Brie out. Um, it's a way of, of adding some some heat to the feud without damaging Nikki. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're all super excited for this one, because... We just love having <clears throat> one of the top belts on Raw tied up in a multi-person match. Oh, wait, let's look at the next match on the card, which is the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. You know, you know what I love about this is um, they pretty much tried to get people to cheer Reigns because he was bitching about Brock never defending the title, and he has proceeded to never defend the title either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing that I was, I was, I saw this match was going to be the thing, and what bothers me about it more than anything else. And I'm going to get back on the soapbox. So, those of you at home that have heard this, I apologize, but I'm going to put a new spin on it. 
I was reading the other night, and someone in a Reddit thread brought up a really good point. If you go down the list of all of the accolades and all the things that Roman Reigns has done, so what is he now? A four-time world champion. He holds the most eliminations in a Royal Rumble. He um, beat The Undertaker at Mania. He uh, Everybody else that he's beaten and all that kind of stuff. And yet he still doesn't feel very special. They have piled stuff on him. And they are having a... They had... In order to keep him from... Keep him over as a face, they had to reunite the shield around him to prop that up. What does that say? I know. I know they've... I know they've finally gotten me to not care about Braun Strowman. I'm not at that level because I still am a big fan. But he is... It's... that. They're kind of messing him up by they don't want to book him too poorly, but in doing that, they're also not doing anything of, of worth with him. I yeah, I like him and I want him to be the world champion, but I agreed. I don't care anymore because he they're just going to spin his wheels for eternity because we're stuck with stupid Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's the problem. Like they keep going back to Brock because they want to like pop uh, at least certain shows. And they're not going to give up on the the Roman experiment. And basically for Strowman to be who he needs to be, like they have to like give up on the Roman experiment or at least like do something else with Braun. I guess in theory, like they can move him to the other show and maybe they will. Like once we're like a, over a year, I think from SmackDown going to, to like Fox yeah. in prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So maybe then, like you could switch him up, but I, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's, but it goes beyond Braun too. Like you just like you can't do anything because well, everything has to has to revolve around Roman. Like you can't. Yeah, everybody getting built is basically with the specter of them being fed to Roman, right? And so it's it harms everybody at that top level. And that's, God, that's just so disheartening, you know? And, you know, this is coming off of like a year and a half of Lesnar holding the title hostage and showing up every three months. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just old. Like, it, it's just. uh... Yeah, it's rather exhausting. And I'm so, tired of um I'm tired of the Dolph Ziggler Seth Rollins thing. It's it's a it's like the best match that you're already tired of seeing for, you know, fifty eighth time. That's a really good way of putting it. Because they're gonna you know, they're gonna have a match. And I actually this match I, I I'm pretty confident will be fairly good given who's involved. Because if nothing else, like you, Ziggler, McIntyre versus Ambrose and um, Rollins will be good. Yeah. And if you just book it where it's kind of like, you know, Braun just like throwing people or whatever, then it'll be fine. I imagine this will be a good match, but you've already seen at least half of these people fighting with each other for like last year. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. So it's suffering from the seen it syndrome. Yeah. 
Well, I think yeah. I think it's amazing how <clears throat> Rollins in that May and June June time really had a real. Um, he seemed like the hot property, and people were clamoring for him to be the WWE champion, and um, that hype and momentum is completely gone away. Take all that and, you know, the fact that we stuff we've seen all this so much compared to the fact we were on the third Joe AJ and yet we're totally on board for that. That's because they've booked that properly, though. (laughs) Yeah. And look, the other side to it is that we've we've had this song and dance in the past. We had Seth Rollins as sure he was a chicken wimp of of a heel champion. And they didn't quite get it, but it was still, you know, engaging. And Dean being crazy over in that time when he just about walks away with the title or when he did, I guess. I'm trying to remember. Dean's just, you know, crazy over. The other two members of the Shield being used to prop Roman up so he doesn't get booed here are, you know, way more popular and probably better picks. And it just, you know, it makes me sad because the the thing that frustrates me more than anything else is to see, um, you know, great potential being wasted. So we could have, there's so much stuff we could have had, but we don't because of these missed opportunities. Or there's so much stuff we could have had that we don't because it doesn't, quote, match the plan. You can't have anything fun. That's why you don't get to have nice things yeah. because it would be fun and that would be bad. It's just exhausting. It is. Because I wanted, I want to see good stuff happen. You know, I, I want to see that, you know, that, that baby face Bray Wyatt run that we got teased before he got hurt and then they forgot all about. I want to see, you know, the, the, Dean go absolutely crazy and like take out the bat that Foley gave him and run people all over the place. I want to see like this this stuff that could potentially, you know, I want to see Becky Lynch do her own version of like the Steve Austin thing. I want to see this really cool stuff happen. I but we're in a place where it seems like really cool stuff's just not happening. It's really hard too when Impact is doing that whole like, hey, we're just open if you want to come work for us for like a month, like come on in. Like we'll do whatever crazy crap we want to like if it's interesting. Like you're going up against stuff like that and it it just makes the product like dull because it's the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. Or what do you think, Matt? Yeah. I mean, I agree with all of that. I don't know what else to add. It's it. It just. I'm like you. I want. I'm not just reflexively hating on stuff. Like I, I just want good content. And sometimes they make it real hard because it's just you, you get. It's easy to get frustrated. Yeah. It isn't. It's been like they've been on like a solid year and a half tear of just awful programming. Yeah, and it, but individually you'll get good shows because I think we all like SummerSlam. We all like Hell in the Cell. You'll get good yeah. stuff here and there. Yeah. Like the actual quality of the work can be good because of the workers themselves. But yeah, like the the booking is just 
it's it's rough it's so rough sometimes like even when yeah. even when you get a good show like you get SummerSlam. i really like SummerSlam, and it made me excited for hell in a cell but it was like i don't want to watch raw why do i want to watch three hours of filler yeah three i watched some of frustration yeah i watched some of raw last night and it was it was it was bad it was very bad it was a chore and the and the commentary is just atrocious now oh it's who who's doing commentary is it still graves it's and- Cole. yeah it's cole and graves and and renee young um and i don't entirely blame them in the, in the sense of what they're doing like because it's you can clearly see like where they're being fed lines or they're being told you have to emphasize this you have to you have to mention this phrase it's like it it's so transparent because it's such it's so unnatural that they can't like just sell it sell it like they're not reading a line or saying something that they're clearly being told to say there's no way they're like they can act out of it well the problem is too is like they have their they have their stupid WWE speak and they make the announcers say it and they make their their people say it in promos. So you get this promotion and no one talks like a human being. Like no one no one says championship opportunity. Yeah, that that's really bothered me. Is oh, that the championship opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, we have let's 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 just cut it off and say we could go back to the 70s, even at that point. You know what What you got back then? You got a title shot. If you managed to pull it off, if you managed to become number one contender, you get a title shot. Or, you know, we had that all the way up until, what, five years ago? And now all of a sudden Vince doesn't like it. And it, it's not, it's, it's. Hello, human. This is how we speak together. And, kind of stuff. Like it's not natural at all. And like how they can't say fans anymore; they have to say WWE Universe instead. It's just it's stupid. Like no one would say that in that situation. And when they have to say it, like sports entertainer, it's just like, oh my god, I want to stab you right now. It's yeah. It's it's frustrating because we don't get to have. You know, it, it 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 sounds bad. It sounds unnatural. It's well, and even if you get like with the Mayon Classic, like there the the commentary had some problems, but for the most part, Michael Cole and Renee Young worked fairly well together. Yeah, and they got to say they got to have like human moments where they were like where like Hiroyo Matsumoto came out and um. Renee Young's like I love her. Like she is my favorite. Yeah, there's there's like some honesty and some uh sincerity. Yeah. There's there's a genuineness to it. As opposed to being like, you know, listen to the people cheer for. That sounds like a very real natural thing, but it's like listen to the WWE universe react to the sports entertainer. It's like, you know what's sorry, my headset's not working. Can't hear what you're saying. You know what's a better you know what's a better listening experience for me is listening is watching a new Japan show with the announcers that are Japanese. I can't even understand <laughs> I can't even understand what they're saying, but their sincerity and energy come through the language barrier and it's better than what they do. 
by a lot. Maybe at some point, if we can get all the details worked out, we'll we'll try and 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 do our version of a like a Rift Tracks uh, announcement on something if we can ever get the details worked out. But who knows, right? Okay, next match on the card. This is why I, I can see Joe taking the title. Is the next match on the card is also a number one contenders match. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. We've kind of been building to The Miz getting some comeuppance on how he behaves. And if Joe is the champion, then why, oh why, would you want, you know, having Bryan challenge Joe is a fantastic use for him fantastic use for both of them so i think what they'll do here is they'll have Miz win and he'll challenge styles at survivor series for the belt you and i are well let me put it this way i am hoping that it'll end up being joe versus daniel bryan I don't think they'll do that because I think they're going to try and drag this out till Mania. So I think they're going to put the belt on the Miz for a while, which I think would ultimately be a mistake. But um, yeah, really, you think that they'll put the title on him? That would be my guess. Mm. I know that the idea is you want to build something like that towards Mania, but the other the problem with that is that. This is that's way too long to try and build. Like, if they wanted to build it towards Mania, they pulled the trigger on starting this way too early. The the problem I have is that there's not a lot of I feel like top faces on SmackDown that they could have feud with a heel champion, even if it's Joe. And trust me, I would love to see Joe with the title. Uh, I mean, you don't have to get him that far. You you rematch him with Styles at um at um whatever their stupid December pay per view is. Then you um, you have the Royal Rumble, so you can justifiably keep him off of that. And then you have Elimination Chamber, which is a clusterfuck match. And then you just have to get him a challenger for Fastlane, and you're at Mania. Or you can use the Fastlane in order to, to build Mania. Yeah. So, I mean, you really only have to get him through a title match or two. But... Uh, to keep the Brian Miz feud going until Mania, I'm like you can pull mm. that off though because you could have you could have Daniel Bryan like retire because he can't beat the Miz and then come back at like Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble or something. Like there's ways you can um you can do it. Mm. Well, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, next match on the card is <clears throat> the Radiators, Elias and Kevin Owens, and I'm dubbing them the Radiators because they make so much heat. <laughs> Up again. <laughs> what? I like that. I like I, I I'm not uh, I'm not disparaging it. I like it too. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, so if, if Kevin Owens and Elias were Flash villains, would Kevin Owens be Gorilla Grodd? I don't know. I say that because I think I'm missing the obvious joke here. It's just something <laughs> you were saying the radiators, which made me think of uh, Flash villains. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I was... No, I don't. I don't think Owens would quite have the the 
the physical presence, not quite the physical presence to be Grodd, but... Because Elias would probably be the Pied Piper. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, Owens, to me, seems a little more heat wave than anything else of the existing Flash villains. But um, Yeah, that would be a good choice, too. That's actually, because you, you said the Radiator's heat wave like popped in my head for some reason. Well, yeah, it follows. This match kind of seems like we've got some filler going on of now Elias and Owens working together is great but uh, I don't exactly I, maybe I'm missing it but this is the oh crap we forgot to use Bobby Lashley for the last two months that's what I thought oh, That's they really have haven't they yeah yeah, that's and that was after that was the other thing that um, I saw someone bring up about Roman is Roman doesn't have any unavenged losses anywhere. Bobby Lashley beats him on pay per view. The next night in the in the number one contenders tournament, Roman beats him. It's like what 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 you know? They always if, do that. If then. Lashley's that good. Or if Lashley is supposed to be that that his power level is supposed to be that high, then you know, and you know you're going to cool him off that quick. He's going to lose to Reigns and then vanish for two months. Yeah, but that's that's like what they that's what they did with Triple H for years. Though is you'd beat Triple H and he would rematch you and rematch you and rematch you, and then he'd finally beat you, and then suddenly it was just over and everything was settled. Yeah, well, I wasn't a fan of that either. But 50-50 booking is in force, I guess. So we could try and guess what's going to happen here, but frankly, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, uh, I I expect Cena and Lashley to win for the feel-good moment. I would agree. Yeah. And that leads us to the last match on the card. Um which is Triple H with Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker with Kane. So I, I mean, honestly, like Kane should just have Triple H and Shawn Michaels arrested, and then Undertaker can win by countout. <laughs> did uh, did either of you see what happened last night on Raw? No. Or even oh, no. like in clips? Yeah. Um. You saw. Undertaker and uh, Kane uh, basically take out Triple H and Shawn Michaels. A a old, very old looking, very bald Shawn Michaels. People are having a lot of uh, problems with that. I mean, he's. I mean, how old is Shawn Michaels? He's got to be old. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think he's in his late fifties. Is he that old? He's okay. Uh, he's fifty three. Yeah. Oh. That well, sounds I at least had the decade right. It's it, they they've fallen into the the classic wrestling trap of of staying too long, you know. Of course, on the other hand, if they're getting paid for it, then who am I to say? This is my my joke about this match from day one has been: this is the match where Triple H wins because he steals uh, Undertaker's life alert bracelet and blood pressure <laughs> medication. <laughs> Undertaker did not look good. 
No, I mean, he's and- he's looking real old. the The long hair doesn't work. He's got a gut on him. He can barely move. You know what's sad is I think when Ron Wright was doing his wheelchair gimmick in um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, that he was probably younger than the Undertaker is here. Oh wow. Let's see. And possibly uh, more mobile. 53. Yeah, that's... Run rate's probably not in here, but... Yeah, it's just enough with... Enough with. Let the... Okay, you want to make... Honest to God, if they want to make a bunch of money and, and using The Undertaker, they don't have to have him wrestle. They just have to have him come out and do the entrance. Like, let's say that you're the show's there, and you have some dark matches, and you're like, you know, welcome to whichever show this is. And the bell goes off, and you get to kick off the show with people getting to say, see The Undertaker entrance. And he just comes out, and he says, you know, all of you here tonight see something something great. You know, whatever, I can't do an Undertaker promo, but he all. That's half of what people. And, you know, it'd, it'd be great. And then, you know, Taker can wear his, his cool entrance garb and not look like he did in that Mania match with Roman, where it just looked like Roman was beating up an old man. Rod Wright was about 54, 55 when he started doing the manager in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, I'm in a wheelchair and I need a wrestler to manage so I can afford my uh, blood pressure medication. Undertaker's 53. That is an amazing gimmick, by the way. Have you ever seen That's the promos just... for that? No, but I'm going to look them up here in a little bit. Like, he used to put, like, um... He used to, like... He used to, like, have a mailing address that they could send stuff to so they could send the money because winter was coming, and, you know, it, it's a really great gimmick. Oh, man. That's an amazing gimmick. Okay, so we get to unfortunately see icons of yesteryear go out there to do something again, and it. I'm afraid that watching this is just going to make me sad, um, because it will be. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm just looking forward to a couple of weeks from now because I'm going to the thousandth um, SmackDown. So it'll be cool to see uh, uh, takers being advertised. So it'd be cool to see like a taker entrance. Yeah, and that's all I'm really taking away from it because that's I, I don't know. Like I'm not looking forward to this match. This match is really just a setup for, um, I guess what's going to be a tag match between these two guys and well, these four guys: so Kane and Undertaker versus uh, Triple H and Sean. I thought Pool. you were going to say between these two guys and those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. what they. That's that's been the rumor for like a long time, but I think it's it might even actually be confirmed in some places. When's the bell time on this? Did it, is it noon again? Is it? I thought it was supposed to be like Saturday night, but oh, they, they are Saturday in Australia. It's Saturday night. Let's see. I just remember that that Saudi Arabia show was so long that it started. It started at my lunch break at work, 
and I was able to drive home after my shift and still watch the last hour of it. Wow. Because that Royal Rumble was like two hours long. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. That's well, unless we have anything else we want to cover, that's, that's going to be WWE super show down under Dundee, I guess. Um, and we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be like some other shows we've reviewed recently, and it will surprise us and I think if you, that sort of stuff. But I, uh, I think you'll be uh, able to selectively watch this and get about, let me look, one, two, three. I think there'll be four good matches and maybe a fifth potentially good match. So that's not bad. Yeah, and and there will be some some serviceable ones. And there could be like an I Outback said, Jack signing sighting. That's true. We could see a finish with the boomerang lariat. You know what? If they, if that happens, I'm going to call it a good show, no matter what. What if he's still alive? I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, okay. With all that being said, guys, we want to say thank you for joining us on the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. We've been in three corners. You've been in the fourth. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on our social media. And thanks for joining us. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. Y'all have a good night.